Because everything, they want everything to be so thorough because it's like funded through the VA. Okay. Like I work with just the veterans. The veterans. Right? Okay, yeah. okay. I got you, got you. So, but it is what it is, man. Yeah. No, it's man. Cool. It's all good, man. I appreciate you coming through, dude. No, yes. I, I appreciate it, man. The love. I, I really do, man. Yeah, um, man. And um, I don't know if you even had a chance to check out any of, any other podcasts, man. But we kind of just, it's free-flowing conversation, dude. So, okay. we just like... Just, like just, just chill, chilling, right? Chill, okay. talk, just okay. real talk. And, yeah. I mean, we actually recording now, so it's like, okay. you know, I keep it, I keep it real conversational, man, and just like, you know, whatever comes up comes up. Okay, <laughs> you know yeah, that's cool. Um, that's cool, man. You know, before I get started, man, I just want to say this podcast here is brought to you by the good folks over at Classic Clothing. Um, spread good, be good, man. I mean, you can't really put it any other way. Like they're a dope brand, and um, you know, we partnered up. For these podcasts, and, and if you go to their site, that's classic.com, that's T-H-A-T-S-C-L-A-S-S-I-K.com. Um, go there, look around, man. If you see something you like, use the promo code uh, STRAIGHT, that's S-T-R, the number 8, and uh, you'll receive $5 off your purchase, man. So definitely go and check them out. Um, help us help you. And help us help them, you know what I mean? Um, but without further ado, you know, I, I'm here with the Homeboy Complex, man. How yo, you doing, yo, what's bro? what's going on, man? Man, I'm good, man. I'm good. Good, You know, good. I got a lot of stuff to talk to you about. Um, cool, cool. Appreciate you having me, man. man. You know, anytime, man, because I, I want to go back to, I guess, the beginning of when I, I first um, came across your music. Okay, okay. Um, it was at... The Underground Hip Hop Show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I was there. Um, I'm one of the media sponsors on that event. Um, shout out to all the good people over there, man. It's a dope event. If you're ever in the city of Atlanta, man, they do it at Apache like every every couple of months. Mm-hmm. You know, um, real dope show. Some good hip hop and, and, you know, just good good music all around. But, I, you know, I was there doing some filming and... and I came across you. I think you had won like one of the earlier showcases or yeah, something the, like that. The month before, I won the uh, Showtime at Apache. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, she brought me back. Um, you know, schedule wise, I, I couldn't perform at the next Showtime at Apache, but she was like, you know, if you can't perform at that, we want you to perform at the Gotcha uh, Underground Railroad. So. Cool. Cool. So yeah. um, that's how it happened, you know. And I, and I was there and um, just happened to be, you know, recording and. The music, I mean, the music just spoke for itself. Um, I know you did the the one joint that um, the um, what's the one that Drake? Um, the draft day. Draft day. Draft you did draft day, uh-huh. and uh, you did a couple other joints, right? You did, yeah, yeah. That's you. That's you. That's your water, okay. man. Yeah, we try to try to <laughs> try to make sure you're straight. Yeah, that's you. Oh uh, no, no problem, man. Um, it, you had some features, right? Yeah, that night uh, I did the draft day freestyle. Um, mm-hmm. I did a song that I'm working on, um, real or uh, somewhere in that vein. As far as the titles, it's actually not even a release yet. But then, I did a song with uh, my homies Shred the Verbal Tongue and Jaws of Life, um, and that song is called Never Will I Change. Never so, Will I Change. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had a chance to see all of those records perform, man, and, and it was just like you thought. It was just it was dope, man. I'm, I I like to think that I'm a connoisseur of good hip hop, and when I see it, I try to make sure that I at least acknowledge it. Yes, sir. And um, yes, sir. you know, so from that, you know, we we kind of built a rapport, and you know, I, um, I put on a show over at um Pag Lounge twice a month, every second and fourth Saturday. Hopefully, you'll be able to come on the on one of those the next couple of shows. Okay. Um, yeah. 
Get yeah, you on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I had a good time, man. Man, was... man, Pag Lounge, man. You know, it, it's an intimate setting, dude, and it's like, you know, anywhere between like any given night, you might have like 40 to 60 or 70 right, people. Right. But it's people that love hip hop mm-hmm. and, you know, they're enjoying themselves. And, and, you know, you can really get a chance to connect with the people. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the beauty mm-hmm. of it. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just like people hit the stage and it's like they leave. And, right. you, know, right. you know, so you really get a chance to kind of chill and network with people. And, and that's really what's the goal of the show. Um, so, yeah, we met. Invited him out to the show. He ripped that that the stage on that. Um, I think did you open nah, up? I appreciate it, man. Uh, I don't think I opened up. I think I might have been like like second or third or something like that. You like that, yeah. But you know, it, it was still was a dope show. Oh, and, yeah, and my yeah, thing fun, is, man. you know, when you perform, perform like you performing in front of a million people. Mm-hmm. That's what I say because you never know who in the audience. Never you know. know you right. just never know. It can be five people out there still mm-hmm. give it your yeah. You know, you got to think about it. Five people may not seem like a lot, a lot, but what if the five people was like, you know, the CEO of Dev Jam and the right. CEO, you know what I'm saying? Right. You never know that. So it's one of those things where I, I just learned that early on, dude, like always give, give it, it your all. all. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, that that's what happened. And from there, you know, we pretty much here. And, um, you know, hopefully the story continues. Um, yes, sir. But... I want to go back, like I said, we talk like a lot of real talk and just like life and everything that's going on. Um, you know, of course, there's all kind of situations going on in the news and, and I definitely want to get there. Um, but before I get there, I want to kind of take us back to like the start of you. Okay. Um, I read that you, you were from Richmond, Virginia, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I love driving through that place, man. Yeah, I, I drive yeah. through. <laughs> you know, I, I've drove through, I've actually, um, been at the airport in Richmond. Okay. Okay. Um, it was just out. I, I was headed to, to DC, so mm-hmm. I just flew to Richmond and mm-hmm. drove up to DC. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. um, but you know, from what I haven't had a chance to really explore the city, but from what mm-hmm. I see, it's you know, it's pretty cool. You know, like kind of old town, yeah. old city, but mm-hmm. you know, um, established. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Um, so yeah, tell tell us about Richmond, man. Like growing up in Richmond, how was that for you? Man, Richmond was it. It was pretty cool. I think it was just you know time for me to you know relocate yeah. just you know for a change, but. It's it's pretty diverse, you know. Uh, the face of Richmond, or you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, people come to Richmond and look at it one way. Um, I would say, you know, it's different levels to it, just like anything else. Like, you know, you you do have some more well-off people, and then of course gotcha. you have the more uh, the impoverished areas. But um, but it was cool though. You know, I, I learned a lot. You know, I started my music there. Uh, you know, I was really into the band, okay. the marching band. Gotcha. You know that that honestly probably kept me out of a a lot of a lot of <laughs> a stuff lot of that trouble, I could have yeah. got into because yeah. definitely a lot going on there, man. But uh, overall, it's a pretty cool city, man. Cool I just, city. Yeah, I was just ready to you know just start something new, but I'm still repping Richmond. That's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. No, I mean day. you know you, when you spend that kind of time, man, you, you you can't leave it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I I was reading, I saw that like um you know at age of twelve, you kind of started writing poetry, mm-hmm. and um. That kind of led into more of the hip hop scene, mm-hmm. but you mentioned being in the band. Um, was that like high school or that was like all of it? Seventh grade through okay. like freshman year in college. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. So you were like band, band, like yeah, you, like you were doing uh, what was band the, um, gig? I played the drums. Drums. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. So yeah. that was the snare and um, yeah, I played uh, in high school. I mean, you know, I started up, kind of went up the chain, but you know, I started off. Um, I think I was playing like the cymbals at first, and then okay. like the bass drum, and then I started playing the uh, 
quintuplets or whatever, you know, yeah, people call yeah. it a different thing with the different drums. And then I actually, uh, I went to Norfolk State University on the band okay. scholarship initially, dope, dope. and that was on the snare drum. So, okay, okay, yeah, cool. Mean, this music thing has been, yeah, it's been yeah, in you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. one so, way or another. Yeah, yeah. um, the band, man, that, that's that's an interesting concept, man, because I'll be honest with you, dude, like, um, it's stuff like this that I I really like to talk about because a lot of kids now, especially and I have to try to be careful how I say it because I don't want to sound hypocritical because mm-hmm. like I'm in the field, but you know a lot of kids they feel like man that's the only way I'm gonna make it I'm rapping, right? And it's like, you know I hear you you go to college on a on a band scholarship you know and it's like, it's other ways around it mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying to make it like you love music figure out a way to do it, but you don't have to be like that person that's always rapping. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hear you that you went to college, what you said, Norfolk State? Norfolk I State? went to Norfolk State for about, for like two years. Two years. And I transferred to to Old Dominion. That's still in Norfolk. Yeah, 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 like yeah. right down the road. No, that, that that's, um, Old Dominion, dude, like, uh, I, I graduated from Georgia State. Okay. And, um, we played y'all a couple of times. Like, mm-hmm. I think we were in the, was it Colonial Athletic Association or CAA? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and you know we played we played y'all a lot, mm-hmm. and you know of course we we moved on to another division or whatever uh, another conference. But yeah, I'm very familiar with Old Dominion, and um, you you graduated from there. Graduated from, graduated there. from uh-huh. there. So that transition, man, because I know you say you just you, you were there for like a year on the band scholarship, and you did mm-hmm. the transfer. Did you do any band at Old Dominion, or it was more so just? I didn't, man. To be honest, like I really wasn't in band. At NSU, but for like a, a hot like yeah. week. And then uh, some issues came up where I couldn't do band, but what ended up happening, it kind of ended up being a, a blessing in disguise because it was like when I had a chance to break away from band, I was able to have a social life because I had friends that were in band that came in with me. And it gotcha. was like months down the line. It seemed like they still didn't know anyone but people in, in band. band. So, you yeah. know what I mean? So I'm, I'm glad it worked out the way that it did, though. Yeah, to kind of mm-hmm. open up and, and, and be able to, you know, talk to other people uh-huh. and, and socialize. I mean, college, man, I tell everybody, college is like the best four years of your life. Man, I wish I could go back. <laughs> it's the best four years of back. your life, man. I love college. I love everything about it, man. It's just, I don't know, for me being up here, I'm from um, Macon, about an okay. hour away yeah, from here. Yeah. Um, I got a homie from Macon. Yeah, but it's it's like um, being up here, it's a whole nother world, man. And I, Like I said, I went to Georgia State and... There, I was able to like you come into Georgia State, you eighteen, and they basically give you an apartment. It's like <laughs> the, the village was an apartment, apartment, dude. It's like you know you cook for yourself, uh-huh. you know all of that, and mm-hmm. it was like you know coming. It was it was a bit of a culture shock, and you downtown Atlanta, like you in the middle of everything. everything. So it like it made you grow up quick. Mm-hmm. You know you had to learn how to do stuff a whole lot quick, yeah. quicker um, than you know most people. You know, uh-huh. um, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, dude. yeah, I trade that's for some anything. of my best. Best years, I mean, it was like, from everything, like, it was like, you know, no real, of course, like, no real bills. Like, yeah, yeah. We got oh, now. man. And it's <laughs> like, you know, if I wanted to chill with my homies one night, just go right next door, <laughs> exactly. knock on the door. Exactly. You know, I mean, it was, I had a lot of good times. I learned a whole lot, too, but yeah, it was a, it was a real fun experience, man. Yeah, man, you know, like, learning about yourself. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, I want to kind of transition into the music. I know, you know with the band and, and writing poetry, all those elements was always there. But like for you, when was it like that deciding factor where you were like, yo, I want to rap. You know? rap. Oh man. I would say like, just long story short, like a little bit of a backdrop, like even 
growing up like in elementary school, mm-hmm. like when we would have group projects where like, hey, do a song about a country or do a song about a region of this country, like I would be the one to, you know, write the okay. song. So it was just something I enjoyed then, but I said like around like oh one or oh two, mm-hmm. uh one of my homies, he put me on to Pac. I mean, he didn't put me on to Pac. I've been to about Pac, but he put me on to his poetry. Like I didn't know that he had like an actual uh, book of poetry, of poetry yeah. The Rose That Grew From Concrete and uh, I just started reading that and I was just like this is like crazy like yeah. you know what I mean just the way he expressed himself so I really started with the poetry but then I say like going into my freshman year in high school around that time uh, or the year before like Missy was like real hot around the time and you know oh, yeah. she's from VA and I already knew Timberland was so just one day, I downloaded the some Timberland beat and was yeah. like, you know, I'm gonna just, you know, write. Just go for it. Yeah, and I had like a tape recorder and played the music through like my computer speakers and just, you know, recorded something. And I was just like, you know, I kind of like this. And then from there, it really turned into just uh, a hobby. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. then the more and more I did it, it just got real serious. And I say, really, the deciding point was probably like. 10th or 11th grade my mom got me some you know equipment for Christmas and I mean I was doing mixtapes in high school and it was just it felt right like it felt natural like this is the thing that I'm you know really passionate about this is like the thing that I'm really good at and uh I took some time off really like in college to be honest but then when I graduated from college in 2011 I linked up with some some folks up in VA and um did my last, like, my first official mixtape was called Realness Revisited. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, really after that, that's when I was like, you know, like, I can really, you know, do this. And then moving down here and just being exposed to everything on the music scene. I See, I, I didn't even come down here for music. Like, I came okay. down here for, like I said, just to change the scenery, got a new gig, been just linked up with the right people and took me around and started performing and just saw the... You know the feedback I was getting. It was just like, no, it's, it's time to yeah, it's time, you know, time, it's time, it's time, time, to, time to turn up, time to. Take I wanna, to um, I wanna, cause we're gonna get there, but I, I wanna rewind a little bit in the okay. story. Um, some you said that it kind of resonated with me was, um, your mom bought you some equipment, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I I understand exactly where you come. I'm, I'm the type of person where you know. At the time, I didn't really, I didn't get it. You know, I didn't get it. I grew up, all I wanted to do was play baseball. You know what I mean? I played a lot of sports. Music was always around. My father, that's all, That's his love was music. Like, you know, I used to see him, um, you know, engineering and, and, and making beats. Oh, that's and, cool. And, you know, playing drums and stuff like yeah. that. And my parents, they used to put me, like, I played the snare in, like, uh, sixth grade, mm-hmm. you know, and, and took piano lessons. But I took, I didn't take any of it serious Serious, at the time, you know. Um, And I just, I I got older and I just had so much access to equipment because, Mm -hmm. you know, downstairs in the den, hence the name straight out the den, like for people that don't know, that's where it comes from. Like I started in the den of my parents' house. So it's like all of this stuff, all this equipment. And I'm like, Yo, I must be crazy not to at least attempt Do something. Yeah. yeah, you know, my dad always tried to like, man, come over here, and, you know. And I was like, man, I'm about to go outside uh-huh. and play baseball, uh-huh. or whatever. And I just eventually started to gravitate towards it. And it's that thing, it's that access. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I'm, I'm trying to get to. It's like, you know, your, your parent, your mom seeing that, like, this is something that my son genuinely enjoy yeah. doing. Let me 
let me at least give you know give something, him right. something you know and and it's like I don't know man I know with you being you know doing social work you probably you have to deal with some of these issues but me and a couple of my my buddies man we had a conversation about just access and how in a lot of black homes we don't our parents don't recognize talents mm-hmm. we see you know we're told like oh man go and be a doctor or lawyer and no explanation and like right. that's it you that's know the, the path that that's the path and it's like you know in in other families for one they're probably more finite they've they made some better decisions early on so they're you know financially set up to where it's like if their child want to try some different things, they they have access to do it. You know, it's all about access and 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 being able to have the funds to do it. But you know, a lot of those people they they recognize early on they're like, man, my son like playing video games a lot. Instead of looking at it as like he's just playing video games, let me explore that. Like maybe mm-hmm. he like he could be a designer of video right, games. Like ask you know electronics. Yeah. So ask those questions, and it's like. As a parent, you have to start keying in on on your kid, man. They show you early, dude. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I got a cousin right now. Like I remember, he was five, six years old. He'll sit in front of the TV and just watch movies all day, mm-hmm. all day. And I tell my aunt, I was like, "Look, this kid," and he still liked it. He loved movies. I was like, "Look," and he's like, you know, in high school, if he liked movies like that, it might be a reason why he liked right. movies. It might not just be because he want to watch TV, like. Right. He might have a thing for animation or film or something. Or something yeah. yeah. But you gotta, you know, you gotta push them toward that mm-hmm. stuff early so mm-hmm. they can recognize it and not it's not just a hobby. Mm-hmm. Like you can monetize that yeah. if you figure oh, yeah. it out. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, in time, yeah. Yeah. See, my mom was like a a huge fan. I mean, she's a music person. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she she played in a band. I mean, you know, before I came along, but you know, she played the drums, like okay. percussion. So she used to always have Percussion equipment, kungas, congas, whatever you call it, uh, like maracas, just random yeah. shit. And I used to just always be into all of that. And she knew that. But when when I told her I wanted to rap, she didn't really know, like, you know, what to, how to take that. But then, like, I say when I told her about the equipment to get, because I had another homeboy. His name was uh, Shardy B, actually. But I used to record over his house sometimes mm-hmm. and he had like a little closet set up and, you know, a mic and, you know, nothing too yeah. elaborate, but, you know, I had the program downloaded already. I just needed equipment. So my mom was like, you know, one Christmas, she just, you know, hooked me up. But yeah. since then she was like a, a fan, like not just a supporter, dope. but a fan. Cause she would hear my stuff. She would hear me recording it through the walls in the other yeah. room. And when I would finish stuff or, you know, finish a mixtape or something, I would give it to her. She's, Riding around listening to it, <laughs> bragging on me to her coworkers and you know stuff like so. She's been like a that's that's a great supporter, man. man. So I, shout outs to moms. Yeah, I know right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's great, dude. Because it's like sometimes you just need that extra push. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and especially if you have that talent, um, you know, just to see that support at mm-hmm. least starting at home. Mm-hmm. If you get it at home, you know, then later on, you know, all the other stuff kind of you know it's like a, a rolling. What's that? Snowball like effect. A snowball effect. Snowball yeah. effect. Yeah. It's like, okay, I got exactly. it at home. Mom support. Let me see who else can support. Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, I, you know, I definitely. You, you mentioned uh, the project uh, Realness Revisited, mm-hmm. and I was actually listening to it right before you got here. Okay. Um, and you know, I, I I read what you said. You called it an ode to hip hop. You know, mm-hmm. and it it feels that way. It definitely feels that way. But before we like really dive into the project. 
the project was mainly recorded while you were in Richmond. It was uh, it was when I was I was living in Norfolk at the time, okay. and um, I ended up meeting a producer who uh, goes by the name of Harley is Magic, and uh, he stayed over in Hampton. Okay, which is like you know right across the water from Norfolk. So you know once I linked up with him, it turned into you know really him just playing beats, and then next time I would come over, and uh, no initially like I went over there just to record something over a beat that I had. Okay. But then he was like, yo, you need to check out some of these beats. Like, I feel like I got some stuff you would like. So, uh, you know, since then, like, he, he he played me some beats. And, you know, I would just come back over, buy one, come back the next time, record something to it. But, uh, yeah, the majority of that, or all of that was recorded in, in Hampton, in Virginia, though. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so um, it was, it was um, once you decided to, to make that move to Atlanta, because I saw it, was it released, like, December of last year? Well, see, what, what it was originally, it was, I recorded and released it, like, in October of 2011. Okay, okay. But, you know, at the time, it was more of a just, I just want to rap. Yeah, You know, I just gotcha. want to rap, record, gotcha. rap. Really, you know, to, to keep it all the way real, like, you know, put it out without a real, like, plan or anything like that. It was just... I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, well, let me just tweet my links and yeah. <laughs> that's about it. But uh, so after the move and coming down here, I kind of switched focus a little bit, just getting down here and getting mm-hmm. adjusted. But then when I ended up meeting uh, Shred, the verbal tongue, uh, that's my homie right there. But when I ended up meeting him, he heard the project and he was like, dude, like, what are you what are you doing? Like, yeah. you have a, a, like, banging project. Like, you know, you need to be pushing this. And at the time, I kind of was like, it was just, a, like, a lost call. Like, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's just yeah. in the vault. But, so he was like, he pushed me to re-release it. And that's when I re-released it in December. Gotcha. Like, just past December. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. I mean, man, you said a mouthful of that, but I, I'm, I'm going to break it down to where, where people, the part that I want people to really get from it. <laughs> When you make timeless music, you can release it whenever you want to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You put a project out in 2011, and you put the same project out in 2013. Mm-hmm. And the thing is about music, and you know, it happens every day. Every major artist, when they finally make it, it like I always like to use J Cole for example. Mm-hmm. Like Lights Please was on his first album. It was on like his first or second mixtape. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So it's exactly. like you know that. Only the people that was rocking with you back then mm-hmm. know that this is an old project, right. but new fans is new know. music. Right. They don't know. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And that's what he was telling me. Like, that was my big thing. Well, you know, I already, you know what I mean? Yeah. I already, you know, dropped it, even though it didn't really, you know, do much. But I mean, I I just kind of looked at it like, you know, this is something I already mm-hmm. released. You know, I'm ready for something else. But he was like, yo, like, this is too good for you to just get down here and just tuck it away like yeah. you need to you know share it with people so it's pretty much like you know how that happened. yeah yeah man yeah. I mean it's it's some solid work I wrote down a couple of records that, that really um, you know I, that I like the most uh, the win in Rome and I really want you to just like explain <laughs> the record because I, I was listening to it and, and I got a lot of it um, but I just the 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 storytelling mm-hmm. in it that mm-hmm. is really what caught my attention so mm-hmm. you could you kind of break down like First off, where were you like in a mentally, you know, in that space when you was writing? Because it, it the, the record sounds very, um, how can I put it? 
personal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it feels yeah. like one of them records where it's like, <laughs> this happened yesterday, I'm writing it now. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's what it felt like. Uh-huh. So, Yeah, I, uh, you know, at the time, uh, a, uh, a lady in my <laughs> life, uh, you know, we we met in in college, and she's from Rome, Georgia. Mm. So she ended up having to move back down here for a job. And uh, I don't know, just, you know, one day I just kind of thinking about like our whole story and how we met and, you know, just the things that were transcribing. And I was just like, you know, I'm going a, I'm to a write something. And then something about the beat, it just made me want to write that. And it was literally like, it was, it was almost like a, the way I would put it, like a letter I wrote to her, like that personal, but mm-hmm. I was like, you know, let me just go ahead and, you know, put that on there too. But uh, yeah, she definitely appreciated it. Yeah. So I mean, I was, it, you know, <laughs> it just, it felt like, you know, this is real. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. you know how some music, you can hear something and you know that this was a real life situation. Mm-hmm. He didn't take this from, you know, a friend or, right, you know, right. or a homeboy or something like right. this. This was like, I went through this. Oh you yeah. Know this what I mean? was the, literal from the beginning of the song up until she moves back to Rome. Like, that's our story. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, how we it. met to how we chill, kicked it, like, all of that. That's, yeah. Um, yeah that, that's dope, man. I, um, the other one was Sold Out. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I really enjoyed that, that record as well, man. Uh, kind of break break that down for us. Yeah, man. yeah. You know, it's crazy. Uh, that's actually a record from... The lyrics are from something I wrote like in eleventh grade. Wow! And uh, going through like uh, Harley's beats, I came across that beat, and you know I'm really into like uh, how can I say it like kind of like vibes or like emotion, you know that sort of thing. And like just listening to it over and over again, I was like, okay, hold on, I feel like I have some because at the time, like the stuff I put out in high school, like you know, it was just having fun, just kind of passing stuff around college. Yeah. But I was like, you know, that's a solid uh, 48 bars. I can, <laughs> I can you know, use that, use right? Yeah. yeah, so I just recorded it over that. But it was kind of like, uh, it was kind of like a, a free-flowing thing, but it was it had more of a a conscious feel, you know, maybe speaking on, uh, you know, some different cultural things or, uh, you know, things like that. But, yeah, I I love that song too, man. It's just some. It was something about the beat though that I was like, you know, I have something that can go to it. Yeah, and, you know, I did that. But yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. goes back to those timeless bars, man. You uh, can pull out the vault from eleventh grade, and, <laughs> and and it still, you know, resonate to people like today. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So oh, yeah. that, that I'm 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 just a big advocate, man, of of just like. I don't know, man. Maybe it's because I'm getting older, man. I like I turned thirty um, a couple of months ago. Now. Oh man, happy belated. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> and it's like you know, the, it's like I don't feel thirty, mm. but certain situations make me feel like you know I'm I'm older because mm. like I look at I look at the kids, man, and I'm like, man, like, it's dude, not they, good. it's not it's... looking good at all, man. It's like the stuff that they dealing with, and, and you know, I try to be as relatable as possible because. You know, we dealt with some issues too at that age, but it's not as it's not the same. No, it's not the same. You know, not like how they dealing with. Like mm-hmm. they dealing with stuff on a whole another level. Like we talked about it, we wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. Like they talking about it, did it and done it again. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's like them dealing with that, and and you know, I'm not 
I'm not ignorant to the fact that the music is a direct correlation to what mm-hmm. our youth are, are, are dealing with. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just, it's the soundtrack of their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I thought about like, man, if I got a mic, it's like, you know, MCs, like you have a, at least a just do to like say something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to say something. I know kids want to have fun. Everybody want to have fun. You want to turn up. You want to do this, do that. I get it. But just say something in something, the meantime. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it could be something small and minute just to tell the kids, like, look, yo, rapping ain't for everybody. Stay in school. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. just something. And, you know, I battle with that because it's kind of like you don't want to turn kids away and not be able to have a conversation with them because you're saying, like, I don't really rock with Young Thug. Like, mm-hmm. me and my nephew was having this conversation the other day. He was like, man, you like this Young Thug record? I was like, man, really, the only Young Thug record I really gave a chance to was the one he got with uh, T.I. Okay, yeah. That. And I told him, I mean, I, I, it's just not for me. You know uh-huh, what I'm saying? I was uh-huh. like, that's for y'all. That's cool. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just, but it's just, I can't. Not I can't yet. do it, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, 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 I no. try, but I just can't, can't do it. Yeah. I can't do I it, man. You. I was gonna say, man, not to cut you no, off, no, but you something good. that you had said that uh, really stuck out to me is just kind of like what you were saying as far as like artists just being in that position to say mm-hmm. something. But you know, I I've watched you know maybe some interviews or read like comments from some artists when they're criticized for like uh, certain records or certain mm-hmm. you know things that they might be uh, promoting that some people might see it. But, you know, a lot of artists are like, I'm not trying to be a role model. I don't yeah. want to, you know what I mean? I mean, and I I get it, but at the same time, it's like when you're in that position to be able to, to mm-hmm. reach so many people, uh, at least, you know, something, like you said. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying every man. single, but something something encouraging, something yeah. you know, positive. So I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, I've, I've seen those same interviews, man, where it's like, and, and don't get me wrong, it's the parent's responsibility at mm-hmm. the end of the day. It, it's oh, the yeah, same thing with um, sending your child to school and expecting the teacher to teach them everything. It's like... It starts at home. It starts at home. Yeah. Like a teacher can do all of that, but when they come home, if you're not reinforcing that... Then it doesn't even... They start it all over matter. the next yeah. day. They starting over. So it's like, it has to be reinforced at home. And it's like, you know, parenting is number one. I get that. All I'm saying is, say something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. something. Like, give mm-hmm. these kids some type of encouragement, mm-hmm. bro, because, like, they, they just don't have it. Yeah. I mean, you got kids who really think that what a lot of the rappers are doing is real. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids, don't. they can't decipher that this is entertainment. Right. You know what right. I mean? Because, you know, you, you on, you're on that side of the coin, so you know, like, Everything ain't what it seems all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's rough out here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. rough. It, you know, being an indie artist, like, what are those challenges, you know, if you can kind of talk about it, that, that you face, like being an independent artist and, you know, dealing with everything pretty much on your own? Yeah. I would say at this point, man, um, the biggest challenge for me would be from more of a, uh, I would say more of a like a, a marketing standpoint like more on the business end as far mm-hmm. as you know because before like I said like I really just wanted to rap like yeah. I didn't know anything about marketing or branding or any of branding or anything like that but uh, you know now it's like I'm just starting to see like you know I've been out to some shows and performing you know I get people to say you know, yeah, you know, dope show, dope shit, you know, whatever. But now I'm trying to take it to where I'm actually building, like, fans, not just yeah. people to be, like, 
you're good, but people that are like, you know, if you have something, I'm going to come out. So I would just say working that from the ground up, like that can be a, a challenge, uh, really just trying to, you know, figure all of that out and kind of like some, uh, a self-taught effort, you know, gotcha, I would say, gotcha. but you know, I, I do have some good people in my corner that, you know, are helping me out, but I would say that just really figuring out, uh, kind of like your, your, I guess, target audience and really just figuring out how to, to reel people in and, and build that fan base like that. I don't think anyone would say that's easy, but to no, me, no, like that's, no. that's definitely difficult. Cause like I said, I'm, I really want to get to a point where I have a, like a diehard fan base, not yeah. just listen to my stuff. Like, Hey man, you know, your stuff is good, cool, whatever. But I mean, people, like I said, that want to come out to shows, people that want to, you know, uh, buy records when it's time for that, you know, you know, it, I, I agree. Number one, I agree. And, and you know, on this podcast, dude, like we really try to give people some type of insight because we have a lot of underground artists that listen to the podcast. You know, um, try to give some type of insight. And for me, I just feel like a good rule of thumb, dude. Like you want to try to at least get at least, and when I say at least, I mean this is bare minimum. But if you can get fifty people to rock with you everywhere you go, mm-hmm. it's great. Like I mean, and when I say that, I mean any city that you go to. Mm-hmm. You just need 50. Mm-hmm. And, and that sounds like a very small number, but the reason why I say 50 is, say you got a, you're in Atlanta and you go to a show, you got 50 people that's going to show up no matter what. Those 50 people can look like a 1,000. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if it's if it's shot the right way, mm-hmm. the right mm-hmm. angle on the ca- camera mm-hmm. looks like 50. 50 people that really rock with you at a show, guarantee that about at least a good 5 to 10% of the other crowd that's there they're going to gravitate toward that because they like... Just on the strength of them. They're like, who is... You know, he got 50 people. And like, you know, people see 50 and they think like, oh, that's not a big number because you're looking at people that's already established they 50 in every every Mm -hmm. city. You're Mm -hmm. looking at people that got, you know, 20,000 coming at their show. And it's like, dude, it was a time when 2 chains like didn't have nobody. You know what I mean? That's just real, man. It was time when like J. Cole didn't have anybody. Mm -hmm. So you got to... It's like start small, man. If you can figure out a way to attract those people and touch those people. And, and really a lot of it has to do with just simply talking to people. Right. That's it. Like right. go out, do a show, finish and, that show and talk to and people. talk to people. Yeah. And, and the best tip that I can give any artist, like number one, do shows like that's bar none. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, it's so many artists that just sit in the studio all day. Like, dude, that ain't going to do you nothing. Nothing. Do shows mm-hmm. like because if people don't hear it, man, they yeah. don't hear it. Like, do mm-hmm. shows like there are so many people I connect with your music before I heard an album, I saw your show. Mm-hmm. Now I went back and heard a project, right. but I have to if I see your performance, I like your performance, I definitely gonna like the album. Mm-hmm. Like, if I mm-hmm. like how you perform, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, you hit a performance first while you at that performance, see those other artists. If you find an artist that you like, talk to that artist. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. that artist probably doing shows too. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, if you got, you know, if y'all do another show, five minutes, man, mm-hmm. please. Like, let me right. get five minutes. And, and five minutes on somebody who already got a fan base, all you're looking to get, get a couple of people out of the crowd. Mm-hmm. All I need is like five people. Let mm-hmm. me get five people that's going to rock with me every right. show. Right. It builds up. Yeah, man. it builds from there. Yeah, it's a, it's a slow process, man. I was just talking to uh, one of my homies back home today that produces, and we were just kind of talking about that process. I mean, he's been doing it more serious, like, for the last like few years, but he mm-hmm. was just saying like, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a grind and I've, uh, I've been learning that. I mean, even with dropping realness revisited in December, 
I still was like, uh, I don't think I decided I want to rap or mm-hmm. do music, but at that time I still wasn't very like business savvy. So gotcha. now like with over the last like couple of months or few months, like I've really like made it a point, you know, I read a lot of stuff on like marketing and social media and things like that. But now, you know, it's just time to execute. But yeah, it, it's a grind, man. But I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's going to be worth it, yeah. you know, in the end, because it seems like, you know, the faster you blow up, like today, if I were to get a call, blow up today, then it's like, what, you know, because I'm looking at longevity, like, you know, I don't want to be a, a, a one hit wonder and I'm not knocking them because they still, you know, were able to, you know, uh, make something happen off of, you know, just one song, yeah. but I would definitely prefer like the longevity. So I feel like the, the longer and more patient mm-hmm. work. You know, will lead to, you know, some more longevity. You, the, the key word was work. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like you got to hit these little pockets, man. And, and, and because that's what happens. Like when you build that solid foundation, dude. Once, even if you become a one hit wonder or whatever, you know, if you hit that and you get a, a good record and, and everything pops off, and then the next year nobody heard of you, that solid foundation is what's going to keep you on the road. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But mm-hmm. when you don't have that solid foundation and a record hits you and you you win overnight. Then once that steam dropped from that record, it's over with. (laughs) You back at Walmart, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? (laughs) And it happens, it happens more times than others, man. But you know, the general public just see that you're not non existent, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, but it's because they didn't build a solid fan Mm -hmm. base. If you don't build a solid fan base, then it don't matter. Like, you got to think about it, man. Like, 50 people sound real good when ain't nobody checking for your music. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like build that solid found yeah. foundation, man. Yeah, that, that's, sure, that's really man. the key. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, man, it just, it just left me um, something that I want to ask you too about. Um, I know you're saying like you're trying to work with the marketing and, and figure out, you know, figure things out. Um, besides that, like, like writing process for you, like is some of that, Cause I know you know you said that the one project that was that was the last project you released, right? Then right. so mm-hmm. like what about now? Like I'm sure there's some stuff in the works for you, like oh, yeah. upcoming yeah, projects, and- man. Um, I'm in a project uh, process of working on my next project now. I, I don't have a title for it, uh, but I have like you know a little home setup. So I really just been you know getting my ideas out and uh, doing some recording. But okay. um, my writing process pretty much, man. Uh, before it was very just hear the beat I like it and kind of just write but now I'm really trying to to really tap into more you know really take time listen to the beat try to figure out you know what direction is moving kind of letting the music Mm -hmm. guide me and not fighting against that so you know I spend a lot of time there's beats I've had for two three months that I still don't have anything to but I listen to it like I'm still listening gotcha. to it and just waiting for that moment but you know for the most part man you know I, I still do some writing on my phone I still uh, old school sometimes you know <laughs> yeah, it yeah, yeah. sometimes <laughs> it's sometimes you know I might have a, a quick idea and just on the fly you know just going you know Gotta record that kind of stat on top of each other but yeah for this next project man like the goal is how can I say this like Realness Revisited was very cool you can definitely hear my like old school, what people would consider like yeah. old school '90s hip hop like influence in that. But for this next project, what I'm trying to do is keep that same 
authenticity, keep that same feel and the truth, but keep it forward looking as far as, you know, production choice, as far as, you know, things like that. Um, But it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. Gotcha. Gotcha. When it's done. You know, um, it's, it's this thing, man, where, and and sometimes I, I don't understand it all the time, but, um, it's the underground versus major, you know, mm-hmm. um, and plenty of people had this conversation. I'm not acting like this is a brand new conversation, but it's like I was talking on Twitter, you know, every every now and then at night, I, I kind of like, you know, throw some stuff out there just to start, you know, some conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I asked the question, you know, what keeps people underground and why the underground artists feel they can't make, you know, a major record, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Um and, you know, people replied back. A lot of people were saying, well, you know, man, underground is more about lyricism, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, of course, major records are more about melody. I was like, well, why can't we have a balance of both? Right. You know, um, and, you know, some people say, well, you know, Kendrick Lamar does it. I was like, yeah, uh, J. Cole, mm-hmm. you know, he does a good job of, mm-hmm. of doing it. Um, and I was like, yeah, those are great examples. But why is it that the underground feel like they can't make, you know, why is it that we feel like we got to have, 64 bars on, on, on the record and right. no hook and then, right. you know nothing uh-huh. catchy uh-huh. and you know when you were saying like this next album you want to make sure that you have more forward music like the production you want mm-hmm. because truth be told I love I love golden era hip hop and I, I do love too it. I, I do. love it but sometimes it bores me mm-hmm. and the reason why I say that is because sometimes there's no there's not a lot of melody mm-hmm. it's just it is what it is you know mm-hmm. and you need I think you just need that balance. I feel like, in my personal opinion, being in the underground doesn't qualify you or disqualify you to make big records. Yeah. You can still make a big record, you know what yeah. I mean, and still be yeah, an underground artist. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I was going to say, uh, it's funny you had mentioned like J. Cole and Kendrick yeah. because like over the last, I would say like year and some change, I mean, I you know heard some stuff about Kendrick like a while ago, but like when he dropped Good Kid, Mad City... I was like bumping that like faithfully. Mm-hmm. And my biggest thing that I was impressed by is that it seems like he found, and I'm sure he's not the only one, but just who I gravitated towards at that time, like he really found a way to 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 infuse it. Like yeah. you know what I mean? To exactly because you can still tell that he's influenced by I mean lyricists like mm-hmm. the dude can spit, but you know, his production is fresh. Uh he the the mixing the the melodies like all of that stuff so yeah I'm I'm really about that balance too man and it's funny you mentioned that I'm a uh, a part of a collective one of my homies named Big Rec has a it's called R or Real Hip Hop is Back and Big Rec that name sounds familiar yeah Big Rec he's part of a, it's a group called the Five or the Pentagon as they're called now uh, him Jaws of Life Shred the Verbal Tongue KP and Snub. But anyway, Big Rhett's whole mission with Real Hip Hop is back when he approached me about it is basically bridging that gap between the maybe elders, quote yeah, unquote, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then the youth and being able to, you know, coexist. Yeah. Just it's all we're asking for really is the, you know, the balance. That's like the big thing that he was talking about. So just kind of like carrying that on too. I'm just really trying to find that balance. So the next project, yeah, you might have some, you know, some complex songs that may sound uh, kind of like the 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 complex you may be used to hearing, but it's gonna be some new stuff on there too. I'm yeah. trying out some things, but at the end of the day, the lyrics are gonna be there. That's that's most important to me. Like, yeah, 
You got to have lyricism and you got to be talking about something. And, and really, you know, it, it really comes down to two things. It's production and melody. That's the only thing mm-hmm. that separates, you know, radio records versus underground mm-hmm. records, in my opinion. It's, mm-hmm. it's just those two things. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you have something that sounds like Pete Rock, Pete Rock is just not going to sound like a radio record, no mm-hmm. matter how you put it. It's mm-hmm. just, and I love Pete Rock. Yeah, me that. too. I love it, you know, but it's just... It's not meant to, you know. You can put melody on it and and, and gloss it up, but it's just that sound. Still not, yeah. It's it's a warm sound that mm-hmm. you just is not meant, you right. know, for that. So right, right. It's a, it's another feel. Yeah, uh, I was just talking to someone about that too. Also, but yeah, I just uh actually just peeped a, a Pete Rock record like this. It's him and Diamond D. I oh, think yeah. they just dropped something like not too long ago yeah. and I was listening to it but it's like even though this is 2014 Pete Rock and Diamond D it still has you know kind of like the feel yeah you're I, I know the record that you talk about we we posted it up on the DM man uh, okay I'm, that might be where I it, it could be it's a record that I love it because it does you need those moments mm-hmm. you know what I mean because a lot of like you know the kids that we were talking about a lot of them don't have a clue who Pete Rock is they don't even know who Diamond D is and it's like these guys are responsible for a lot of the. If, without them, you don't get your young thugs. You don't right. get you know uh, Migos. No, they laid the foundation for right. a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. And it was somebody. Um, it was uh, and not even meaning to laugh, but it was somebody. I was like, man, it was a young kid that I was talking to, and he was like, man, James Brown ain't do nothing for hip hop. And I was Brown? like, what? Uh, <laughs> and then, and I got upset, but then I had to think like he just, just don't know. know. Yeah, just don't know. I was yeah, like. No. You know, and sometimes you want to tell them like you have to really sit them down and just like, man, I want I want to play you this, I want to play you that, I want to play you that. Mm-hmm. A lot of these records were sampled records right. from you know from James that, Brown, yeah. and you know he just didn't know, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I had mm-hmm. to take that, you know, I had to take that with a grain of salt. It was like, man, he just don't know. It's <laughs> it was like borderline like offensive. It is. Like, I'm like, what? Serious? I'm like James Brown. They do nothing for yeah. hip hop. I'm like James Brown is hip hop. Right. Like, right before hip hop, James Brown like, was it, yeah. yeah. All those stabs and breaks and all uh-huh. of that, like that's. That's James Brown, uh, dude. Day, you know, yeah. well, yeah. you know, I think this is the the perfect segue since we're talking about records, man. Uh, do our vinyl conversation segment. Um, it's pretty much, man, what we do. I, you see the the, the, the yeah. records here. Uh-huh. Um, I want you to select three records mm-hmm. randomly. You know, just go through it and pick. Try not to look at the titles. Okay. Um, and once you get those records, it's three crates over here. Just you know, pick them out. Um, Give me a story behind those records. Anything that comes to mind, something that may resonate with you when you see those records or okay. whatever. And um, after that, we're gonna pick one and we're gonna throw it on the record player. And see okay. You can give us a few yeah. bars, man. Yeah. You know, okay. freestyle the written, whatever. Yeah, that's cool, bro. Cool, cool. Cool. So just yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. So yeah, one from there, there, and then one from here. Okay. Just random, man. You, you, you oh, just, to, yeah, you, okay. you, you trying to get a glimpse in. Just, right. just random. Yeah. All right, cool. That's one. All right. Uh, I just saw the boy. I saw his name. Yeah. 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 Oh, just give a, give us a, a little story or whatever you know behind those records. Uh, let's see. All right, so I have 
three records here. Uh, the Roberta Martin singers, Grace, Marvin Gaye, Dream of a Lifetime, and I believe this is a Diana Ross yeah. record. Uh, what is the... I think that's uh. I cannot think of the name of that Diana Ross. It got some classic joints on that. Though. Okay, okay. Silk Electric. Okay. Okay. Um, but you said basically do what? Now? Yeah, just give, just you know, tell your thoughts on each one. Um, well, I haven't. I don't think I've heard this Diana Ross album per se, but just I mean, she's dope. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, I think, you know, during the whole, you know, the Motown, that whole age, like, she she definitely did her thing. And um, I don't know, I mean, she, she's still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, okay. she's still with okay. us. Okay, cool. Well, uh, I wish I knew more about it. Just anything, any any stories about Diana Ross that you can remember? Um, I'll tell you a story, or not even a, well, not really a story, but for a, uh, for one of my tracks on Realness Revisited, mm-hmm. uh, the producer, he actually sampled a, a Diana Ross cut, the uh, Touch Me in the Morning. Okay. So that was like pretty dope. But just Diana Ross, period, uh, not too much. I mean, obviously it's before my time, but I mean, it, it's definitely something, you know, I grew up like my mom, you know, playing stuff by her. Uh, you know, Bob Marley and yeah. Parliament. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely, man. Um Marvin Gaye, Dream of a Lifetime. Uh, now, I'm sure I've heard some songs off of this. The album I don't have, but Marvin Gaye, I mean, I've been a fan of of his for, you know, for a long time. And, like, I think something that really touched me with, with Marvin Gaye, and it wasn't even him, but, like, when 9-11 happened, mm-hmm. and, like, the next day they had, like, remade What's Going On, but they oh, had, yeah. like, Nas and had all these other people on it. But, like, his music is just really like, beautiful, but it had, like, I don't know, I felt like, you know, he could, you know, have the records, like, you know, for the ladies, the more smooth, you know, yeah, yeah, Casanova-type yeah. records, but, you know, he also, he was dropping some jewels, too, like, you know, a lot of the stuff that he was talking about, but I, I think what's going on, I know that might be cliche, but I, I think that's one of my, like, favorite records by him, like, every time I hear it, like, it's, yeah. yeah that I, record I really, there, that, that, um, I forgot the name of it, but that, I think that record, was put out after he had passed. It was kind of okay. like something that he was working on and, and along with some other stuff, they kind of okay. came together and okay. collectively put that project okay. out and, uh, you know, for the people. Cool, so, yeah. cool, man. And the Roberta Martin singers, Grace, I'm not, <laughs> I can't lie, like I'm not familiar with them, I don't think. Uh, I might be, I probably would just have to hear like a, a song, but... Don't feel bad, man. I don't. I don't know anything about it. Too. I have. I have a crate full of like um, gospel records, mm-hmm. just because like the sounds and stuff. Oh yeah. Are, oh you yeah. Know, just yeah. On, on a production standpoint, uh-huh. I just uh-huh. love you know all of that. Yeah, but I mean, it's it seems cool. I mean, uh, Grace. Uh, I mean, it seems by looking at it, I, I would assume that it's a a gospel record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, Bible definitely. and the cross and everything. So I, I definitely could dig that too, but. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I. Cool, cool. So, uh, you got you got a pretty wide selection there, man. Um, <laughs> just pick one, and we'll we'll throw it on the record player. And if you can give us, you know, a few bars, that'd oh, yeah, be great. Yeah. Uh, should I go with? I'm gonna go with. 
I think I'm gonna go with this. Just okay, okay, cool, cool. Now, see, he this this is a real real rapper right here. Now, I, I'm telling him that we're gonna play a record and do a freestyle over it, and he gives me the 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 gospel record that he has no clue what's on it. That's great. I love that. I love that. So we're gonna go. We're gonna put it on. What's the name of it again? It's called. Grace by the Roberta Martin Singers. All right, cool. We're going to put that on. Yeah. Yeah. It's complex in the building. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. As of now I'm in the zone that many can't reach You can feel it in my presence and hear it in my speech Many take off and crash like waves on a beach I'm trying to take off and last The thought of longevity is sweet Cocaine in the bed I'm putting lines on these sheets But don't ever sleep Cause I'm the opposite of weak Unique in my mind's design Sleep like it's flowing through a pipe They praying for material to leak Swore I never ran naked But I'm going on the street winning Steering wheel and the kicks My soul's Driven by success, might murder, it's hard to console victims when they're giving me support like a father that owes figures. Woo, a gold digger, trying to get my dough bigger, old Cali. I know it'll attract gold diggers, roll with us, my click set. Better put your mic down like a sick pet, it's complex. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. Dope, bro. Hey, man, that's what's up, man. I appreciate you uh, coming through the den and oh, rocking yes, with sir. us, Oh, yes, sir. I appreciate you, my dude. Hey, man, it's all good, man. It's all good. Well, you know, before we get out of here, bro, uh, first off, tell everybody how can you be contacted, you know, social media, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Uh, social media, Twitter, you can find me at Complex11. That's K-O-M-P-L-E-X-1-1. Uh you know, you can uh, check my music out on my Bandcamp page. Uh, if you go to my Twitter, the link is in the band. The link for the Bandcamp page is in there. I don't really want to uh, <laughs> spell out the whole hyperlink. But yeah, uh, Complex11 uh, on Facebook. You can find me at facebook.com backslash or forward slash whatever one. Uh, Plex Tracks. And if you need to email me or contact me about any business inquiries, uh, the email address is Plex, P-L-E-X, Tracks. T-R-A-C-K-S at gmail.com. Dope, dope, man. Way, bro. Again, I appreciate you coming through, man. man. Likewise, man. I appreciate you having me, bro. Definitely, man. Definitely. Hey, once again, man, this podcast was sponsored by the good folks over at Classic. I can't say it enough. Make sure you guys uh, go and check out the site. That's Classic, uh, T-H-A-T-S-C-L-A-S-S-I-K.com, man. Uh, Spread good, be good. Go there, check out the site, man. Pick up some clothing. And uh, put in the promo code straight STR8 and get $5 off, man. Uh, well, you know, it's your, it's your boy Jay Good, man. It's straight out the den. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, um, at STR, the number eight, O-U-T-D-A-D-E-N. And um, I started this on the last podcast, man. I like to leave on a positive note, so I'm going to start giving some words of wisdom. And I thought about it. I think I'm going to keep saying this same thing until it seeks, you know, seeks in the head, and then I may move on to something else. But what I said last time was... Um, if you have a dream, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work hard at that dream until it becomes a reality. Yes, sir. And that's it, man. We out, bro. Yes, sir. That's it. Cool.